G'day and welcome to Radio Notes, where those in music talk life and those in life chat music and more. I'm John Murch, producer and host, and let's dive into our feature chat for today. Shag Rock is part of the North Stradbroke Island ecosystem. It's also the name of a Brisbane band, one that recently worked with producer Ian Hogue, who is also from the band's Powderfinger and The Church. He signed them to his own label, Airlock Records. Recently, they released a double album called Double Overhead. Prior to two headline shows in a row at the Lion Arts Factory, members of the band spoke outside the venue with radio notes. Jacob and Nick, welcome to Radio Notes. Thank you for having us. Firstly, uh, reflect back on one of the singles that did really well for you in the last year or so, and that is the gold record for Sun Bleached Girl. Is this a single for you that just kept on giving? Yeah, definitely. It was one of those ones you're not quite sure that it's going to be, you know, do any do well at all. You, you never expect that when you write a song, and you just sort of watch... I remember first gig that people actually sung it back. It was really, really surprising. I mean, it was probably one of the best feelings is having a crowd singing a song that you'd never expect them to back, and it's just sort of kept going. It kind of, kind of kept us on the rise for a few years now. For some reason, people keep listening to it, but it's worked out well. That's not necessarily a bad thing, Nick, is it? No, it's uh, it's put some money in the pocket, which is fantastic, and like it's just it's sort of the song that. I guess everyone shared around and um, I guess we're, we're known for and don't want to like bring up the one hit wonder thing but uh, it didn't jinx me but you know it's it's been that sort of song that sort of defines the band I guess. The reason why I've mentioned it and the reason why I've been introduced to you as a band mm. and the introduction for me is that of Yanto Browning and oh, his okay. work on the production yeah, of right. this single. What was it like working with Yanto? It was... It was really tough in a good way. We were very, very young at the time. And back then in varying levels of uh, skill with sort of the recording process and our instruments playing them as a whole. So he definitely whipped us into shape um, in a good way. Yeah, it's Um, definitely tough love and we needed it. And he's an absolute pro, so it was really good to have Mm. someone that really knows their stuff sort of whip us in line. Get, get the most out of a song that potentially wouldn't have had with anyone else. So yeah. I guess we're really lucky. And so we'll move on to the double album and then we'll move on to the topics because that album produced at Airlock Studios yep. and the work that was put into that album as well. I understand the process was you started off with 50 songs and then had to whittle it down to 18, but mm. 18 was the limit. You couldn't whittle go any lower. Is that why we've ended up with a double album or was there some story that has to be in this arc? It kind of created its own story. Like, we, yeah, it was definitely about 50 songs, a, a heinous amount, way more than we should have had. But I guess that's because we hadn't written an album for four years. So it was the process of four years of work. Mm. And then we finally got to the point where we couldn't really decide, but it all felt like it had its place somehow. It was yeah. called, kind of told a story throughout that whole double album, which we didn't really intend on, but it happened that way. What do well, you let's talk about that story because there is a lot of life experience across this album as well, and maybe because it's a four to five piece outfit that there is a lot of stories to be told. Talk to me, Nick, about that and about that life experience that goes into this record. I guess it's a lot about... Um like us developing, I guess it, it was four years these days. It's quite a long time between, you know, content. And so we grew up a lot as, you know, people in our young 20s 
and you know experience a lot of things as you do in your young 20s especially if you're in a in a band sort of directionless in a in a good way i think you know you want to really you want this band to take off and it sort of has but it's not you know a full-time thing yet and so you're just trying to like balance all these elements your of your life around this passion you have which you know isn't your like career yet but you want it to be your career so i think it's like the the story of this double album was just that development of us as you know but people in our young 20s and jacob is a sense of priorities as well trying to find maybe a job that can actually hold the funds to actually deliver what you want to do creatively yeah it honestly was never about money at the start as cliche as that sounds Mm. but we honestly did it as a passion and it just sort of ended up being able to fund ourselves but we've all got um sort of jobs in our own own lives as well so it's quite hard to balance but we do try and make it make it work because sort of i'm in um health so i do occupational therapy and i I actually create uh, take away a lot of things from that to put into the band because it's i feel like it's almost like creating a service for people uh, when you're when you're playing and people grab onto these experiences and grow from and i love when people come up after shows and say that really helped me through this moment in time or something because that's really the the whole point it's not about you know getting heaps of money from a gig it's about getting people to connect with what you're trying and whilst that day job is a lot to do with the hands there is that connection one-on-one as well which is a sense of what you do as musicians definitely yeah and it's weird to have that connection as musicians when you're playing to a crowd because there's a lot of faces but somehow you just try and people really try and feel it feel that one-on-one connection but it's obviously pretty hard when there's a big crowd you've probably spoken a lot about this over your time nick but what was that moment that ian of airlock said i must have these guys because our understanding is you were rehearsing in his space how did that crossover happen yeah so we the first sort of music we recorded as a band when we were 15 16 which isn't released. We I don't think we'll ever see the light of day. If it is, it's deleted. It's deleted, <laughs> yeah. We rented Ian's studio in Sanford, just outside of Brisbane, to do it. He, did, he didn't have much of a part in producing it because that would... He does that for sort of bigger acts. But I think he, he heard of us and... I don't know, I think he just saw, like, teenagers that needed some direction... And he, uh, Ian's always been like that in the Brisbane music scene. He's always taken young people under his wing. Ian just does it because he was there when he was in his teenage years with Powderfinger or the band before Powderfinger. And he saw like just young people. Bit of belief. Pretty, yeah, a bit yeah. of belief. He sort of liked the songs but gave us some direction. And like we met him through that and like kept on sort of seeing him until he sort of invited us to start working with him properly and that was around the time he wanted to start airlock records which is a little independent record label he runs out of brisbane and you know we i think we were one of the first bands on that label and from there it just sort of snowballed into like eps and albums and double albums and you know yeah double albums yeah that's where we are right now nick i want to talk to you about punk and particularly you and max influence of punk Mm. on the band what kind of punk are we talking about like, I think generally... Avril Lavigne? Yeah, I, I, definitely a big pop-punk phase back when I was maybe eight or nine when I started uh, picking up a guitar. But, uh, yeah, for me, it's always been the sort of DIY punk ethic that's sort of 
resonated with me because I think when I picked up a guitar when I was you know eight or nine that's all you can sort of play and so you start like like just listening to bands that you can play on guitar like you know the Green Days and the Dead Kennedys and like even Blink-182 and like the sort more commercial stuff like every anything you can play on guitar because it's such a good feeling when you're starting to learn an instrument to be able to play a full song like your from idol. start to finish <laughs> and so yeah I think that's where like my love of and also my dad because he's really into punk rock too <laughs> but that's sort of why it resonates with me and I think even if you're not into punk music I'm like the ethos of like DIY and garage and keeping things simple so they're relatable and easy to listen to and jump around to can be translated into whatever genre of music you can think of really you mentioned your dad so what records were you listening to at those younger years that you were hearing go ooh what is that can I can I, can I have a copy of that I think one of the classic ones was a an old Friends of Robin album I think it was A Man's Not a Camel and dad had it in his car because mum wouldn't, he wasn't allowed to play in the house and he definitely wasn't allowed to play when I was around. But when we were in the car together, when I was growing up, when you're too young to be left at home, you have to, he has to take him with you to go shopping or like stopping at work. He would always just have that freedom without mum to like blast some friends or wrong, which was always fun. Like hearing swear words when you were eight, it was all a bit like naughty. And so. Oh, it's interesting. I love hearing about Nick's, um, his life with music is so different to mine and I, I think Alex's as well and Max and Max and Nick are very different to us but that's what makes we're lo- sans Alex moment yeah um, we are sans Alex if he turns up we will ask him. yeah so personally I was more very gravitated to storytellers and, and sort of more soft soft stuff so it's the complete polar opposite so I'm more liked um, Paul Kelly sort of Aussie sort of stuff and then I also like Bob Dylan and just I just really gravitated to lyrics my whole life so I'm just very different to Nick in that way and when we come together so I can bring the lyrics he can bring the grungy backing and it just you know meshes it's perfect what's your life experience we heard from Jake Jake that it's that of occupational therapy Mm. what takes up your days that you can't be touring well I uh, I've recently gone back to uni doing a masters of social work and just going back to my roots as a barista a barrister, <laughs> as I like to say. Um, but, yeah, I... Just starting, like, as you know, someone in my mid to late 20s, just starting uni again, it's a bit... Uh, it's a bit frightening. Why is that? Just... I guess it's not, like, physically going to uni, which is scary. It's sort of like, oh, sh- like... Because I sort of gave up a career in, in business. I was working in advertising, and due to COVID and... Like, I got laid off, and then yeah. I just had this big realisation that I hated that, <laughs> and I was going to go back to uni, and... There was no way you were going back to it, is what you said. Yeah, yeah, I just, I just went, no. Nah. Blessing in disguise, maybe. Yeah, definitely, but I, I think it's more this, like, was that, it's more going back to uni, it's like, was that the right decision? Is this the right decision? And you're, like, sit, sitting in your first classes going, oh, did I do the right thing? Sort of giving up, like, the whole career and just change that big, like, a big life change and you're always sort of saying was that the right thing to do but if you keep sort of being resilient and keep like studying and stuff it sort of gets better and you sort of get more confident so what's your favourite coffee to actually make um a long black 
definitely. Just keep just, it simple. Yep, bit of water, bit of coffee. Or maybe just an espresso shot because you just go bang, <laughs> it comes out, you go, there you go. Surely you want to challenge a bit of milk art. Maybe if, if the, if the uh, cafe's quiet, I, I, I don't mind a challenge, but you know, if you've got a line of 20 <laughs> out the door, you just want everyone to order espresso shots, long blacks, and flat whites. This touring experience for you, what does it do for your soul, all this touring? Now oh, that you get to do it. It is so, oh, it's so nice for the soul, honestly, because I feel like you get so stuck in as good as work it you love work but it's just the best release on the weekends and you it's just all this it's like i don't know a, a bit of your passion gets out that you you release it it's been storing up yeah, i don't know everyone has different things that they use for that though some people go for bike rides some people you know catch up with friends we sort of do this and you get mm. it to hang out with your friends on tour and play music that you love doing and you're also one of the band members who actually does do what people would expect from the name of the band and that is surf how long have you been surfing who taught you how to surf even dad oh well it's funny actually my brother probably because my brother kind of did everything first and then i did it second because he's older and then just a little bit better i like to think so like he he picked up the guitar first and then i picked it up picked his guitar up and then he'd get really annoyed because I was playing the songs he was learning mm-hmm. but yeah dad taught me to surf when I was probably oh would have been six or so and then he's taken our family on surfing holidays overseas and so that's super lucky and sort of throws us in the deep end on some big scary reef break you probably hurt yourself but you know again bit of bit of tough love in a fun mm. environment hi I'm Rishi K. Sherway and I'm Joshua Molina we're from the West Wing Weekly and you're currently listening to Radio Notes. Radio Notes, where those in music talk life, and those in life chat music, and more. You can join us on The West Wing Weekly for an episode-by-episode breakdown of the television show The West Wing. Josh was the star of the show, and we give you behind-the-scenes insights and deep dives into the issues raised in the storylines of the show. You can find us on radiotopia.fm or through your favorite podcaster. For now, back to John Merch and Radio Notes. Nick. Let me ask you about April Nights. I think you can tell us a little bit about the composition yeah. of it. It was quite, in terms of Shag Rock and Shag Rock's discography, it was probably more of the darker tunes on the album. You would have loved that. Something a bit Absolutely, darker. Absolutely, yeah. Quite heavy as well. It goes, I, I really like the uh, dynamics of sort of the verse and the chorus. Very, I mean, I know everyone says this about Pixies. They sort of did this quite loud, mm-hmm. which sort of led into that punk grunge movement but it's like whatever genre you put it in that sort of dynamics never get old like the contrast between light and heavy and like like a big soaring chorus and bring it right back down to a really delicate verse which I think defines the song and I think it's something we've definitely played with a lot of times sort of quite loud dynamics but I think that song really like encapsulates it the best and when Jake was saying you like the dark are we talking Dalangalius or how dark are we talking not too dark you know I think if I go too dark I'll I'll just go into a spiral but I don't mind a bit of emo now and then (laughs) a bit of uh, wear some black play some death metal you know get it out of my system Jacob in, in, in terms of that lyrical content either what you contribute or or generally what the rest of the band contributes what kind of narrative or story do you think Shag Rock is looking for? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it's almost, I call it probably like an indignant maturing of our 
our hearts in terms of romance because we have a lot of heartbreaks over the years and I feel like that's the best thing to write about or the easiest thing uh, and that, that's what a lot of people grabbed onto I guess Some Rich Girl was written about you know a bit of a heartbreak and then I guess the whole album is sort of how a bit of like a, a progression of how we've matured as people um, dealing with those kind of things and dealing with adversities in any kind of life all our lives which we have like everyone does you know you, you go through some hardships and we often just try and write it as an outlet for ourselves but it ends up being the whole point of writing it is for other people so it's not some people feel like they write they just write to get their own thoughts out and we we try not to write that way we try and use it as sort of a narrative of other people growing with us uh, touring can't be helpful for the heartbreak either, can it? Because it's like, I'm going to be away for a, a couple of weeks, months, years. Yeah. For you guys, it'll be weeks, months at the moment. Yeah. Yes and no, though. Like, it takes a mind, takes your mind off it, and you sort of enjoy the moment, but then when the moment's over, yeah, it doesn't mm. really help. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. It, it is nice to... It would be nice to be in the same place for a long period of time, but it, at the same time, we're really privileged to be doing what we're doing we can't complain about going to different cities meeting mm. all these amazing people even though all, all our lives are different we've sort of grown up together and all experienced the exact same things obviously like heartbreak wise with different people we're not, Is like, that all heartbreak we're, not, we're not sleeping <laughs> with each other's exes or anything but you know I guess it's even though you experience growing up completely uniquely to yourself you can always write about something that sort of encompasses everyone's experience like it's not we're not writing about one specific breakup we're sort of writing about breakups as a thing like a institution almost and and is that also why there's such a great engagement with the audience as well the relatability yeah I I think we've always put relatability at the forefront of our songwriting and or even like not even lyrics wise just like just how the song feels how the you know the bass goes with the drums and like are people going to relate to this because you can you're in a studio when you've got two weeks in there you can sort of just go nuts and do anything you want but the hard bit is to just is what you don't do and how you bring it back to something that's you know simple and catchy and relatable and just makes people either feel good or feel emotional or feel really happy or energetic and just these simple emotions and simple songs. And with this record, though, you've been able to achieve that over a double album while still remaining fresh mm. to the different ideas and the different narrative. Yeah, we've it's, definitely tried. It's pretty easy to almost get out of hand with crazy mm. sounds and crazy compositions, but we did have to rein it in a bit. And I do like what you're saying about relatability in terms of how it feels. And then I have sort of the other end of I try and make lyrics relatable. And I, I think a, a good thing I realised recently is I try and... Alex and I both try and do sort of tap into sensory memory so try and make it visual uh, so people can visualise something or like touch so it so they're there is that where Jacarando sort of comes into the vibe yep that's one of them yep, yep definitely like but yeah something you can smell like you feel like you're in that moment What you're there when we're describing a moment the person listening literally puts themselves there what do you guys think of Taylor Young's new single that dropped in the last couple of weeks love it I've been playing a fair bit with Taylor recently because she's got a first solo show coming up it's a bit scary because we were playing as a three piece and with this other guy but he's been called in to do army duties for the flood so we're going to have to redo our composition but yeah she is amazing I couldn't talk more highly of Taylor she, we reckon she sounds like Missy Higgins 
but in her own way. Um, so she's got this really unique voice. She's such a legend. She fits in well, so well with us, which is great. Because you'd expect such a tight-knit group of... Um, like, we've been playing for years and years and years, so someone come in, it'd be quite daunting, I would have thought. But she's just slotted in straight away. Well, let's talk about the instrumentation, I guess, the need, in terms of musically speaking, to have Taylor on board and to join the band. Mm. How did that all fit in? Talk to me about the need for a fifth member in the band. Yeah, we always talked about it. It just fell into place. She came in for to talk to a music distribution company that Ali actually works at, and it just sort of like fell into place. He was like, "Oh, do you want to be in a do you want to be in a band?" And then she came along, and it was definitely more a melodic addition, and just that flavour that we were missing. We were probably eighty percent of our capacity. Perfect addition of her vocal tones, doing harmonies and. She does a couple, she has some soul, um, she has her own song, uh, her own take of one of our songs, Deep Froth. And it, yeah, it just livens up our whole live show completely. Current book you're reading and why are you reading it? I actually just picked up June. The, oh, uh, it's in the sci-fi, yeah. Yeah, I've only, I've only read a bit of it on the, on the plane here. But I've, I've got mates that have read the whole, the whole series and they spoke very highly of it and you know once the movie came out I didn't go to see it because I was like no nah, I'm gonna wait I'm gonna I'm gonna read the book first are you a book reader first yes I'm not always like at the forefront of non-fiction like I'm sort of a late adopter I only pick up things when I want to pick it up like Game of Thrones is the same thing was uh I, I saw that there was a, this TV series called Game of Thrones and I actually watched maybe one or two seasons and I went I really need to read this because I really liked it so I went back and read the read the whole series before I watched another episode and I don't know I just feel like you get more out of reading something than watching something and that's a good order I think to do it in which brings us also to the soundtrack as well because when you're reading it do you have a soundtrack in your head of what it is I think so I think especially something epic like June even though I haven't seen the movie because I'm trying not to until I finish the book, I try to think of other sci-fi soundtracks like, you know, Stanley Kubrick's no, to 2001 yep. or even like fantasy like Lord of the Rings and so, try to like have this subconscious sort of epic soundtrack in my head that I've sort of taken from other epic movies that I have seen and I do know the soundtrack too and that's how I sort of make sitting in my room reading a book sort of more epic than it is. What do you see the next two years for Shag Rock being like? So you're in the touring phase, and we can appreciate that's been delayed with everything mm. that's happening in the world. Things are sort of getting back to it now. Um, definitely going to try to get overseas in some capacity. Definitely, we've got a New Zealand tour booked for uh, like Christmas, New Year's this year, and then really trying to knuckle down and write some new music, try to get ahead of the game. Are you feeling pressure on that? Not so much pressure. We're sort of pressuring ourselves to do it. Is that because you want a new album for a new tour? As much as we sort of love the double album, the fact that it took four years was a sort of due to our sort of... We played a bunch of shows, we toured a heap, and like a lot happened in our lives. And like it's not like we want to rush into new music, but we just want to sort of put pressure on ourselves because we didn't do that and it, the new album took four years we just wanted to take a normal amount of time like you know two years 
there's no pressure on us because we're not part of a major record label or anything like that. But we're we're sort of putting pressure on ourselves to sort of keep writing, keep producing, and sort of get some new music out. Taylor Young, can I just ask you a quick couple of questions regarding your current single? Of course, we can talk about the band as well. But Heavenly has just been released. It has been getting massive tractions in the last couple of weeks or so. Talk to us about the song, the process, or whatever you would like regarding Heavenly. Heavenly was released a couple of weeks ago, and I wrote that one uh, a while ago now. It was about a year and a half ago, and I recorded it up in Cairns. And it took me a while to get it out there, but it is now. And it is one of my favourites. It's sort of back to my acoustic sort of bedroom songwriting sort of vibe. So um, I'm really happy with it. And, yeah, it's currently up on Triple J and Earth at the moment, so I'm trying to get some reviews happening. Uh, and that's the National Youth Radio Station. We'll put a link in the show notes regarding that. How do you balance the two? You're now a fully-fledged member of Shagrog. It's not as hard as you would think. I Just we usually have a few practices here and there, and then we have shows on the weekend, and it's just a matter of, I don't know, good time management, I guess, which I don't really have, but I make it work somehow. Al, did you want to come and join us? Oh, yep. Thank you. I want to ask you about this album from your point of view as a songwriter and, of course, a singer on this record. The guys were just explaining then that this album, there may be another album on the way sooner than maybe expected in terms of this album as a double album. What are you currently working on? What's some of the themes that you're working on lyrically? Um, beauty, um, Roman drama, Shakespeare, um, personal... Um, dissatisfaction a whole a whole bunch of things in and outside of my view so my the, orb what's the latest theater you've seen uh i went to wicked back in 2014 i love a musical i haven't been in a while i've seen quite a few of the uh, mamma mia movies mamma mia one and two and i i thought sure was a good addition but i thought it actually sort of broke the spell a little bit like it was very believable then sure came on board as the grandmother and i didn't know if I was as convinced. Didn't do it for you? Yeah, that's the kind of things I'm sort of dealing with inwardly. Earlier in the conversation, we talked about, of course, working with Ian and Airlock. How's that experience been for you? Personally? Yeah. Um, I've had a lot to do with the guy. Yeah, and he's a, he's a great guy. I, I deal with him in business and in shag rock, in a, in a yeah. you know, creative sense as well. So, yeah, we've got a quite a deep and you know, developed relationship, I think. I think it's a lot further than I thought it would ever go back in 2014 or whatever when we met him. We had Gabby Bolt, part of the Chaser team. Um, she did a shoey oh. at her show. You guys yeah. did a shoey for one of your film clips. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is shoey still a thing in 2020? Dead. No, nah, we've stopped. We've See, left that in the dust. Anymore. It's dead as a door now. It's just not hygienic in COVID times anyway. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So what's the go-to now in the drinking games? Uh, soda water, lime, <laughs> occasional kombucha if you're so inclined. Yep. I personally am not a kombucha man, but, yep. you know, each their own. Nicholas? I just think the good old uh, cup is the new thing. Just drink out of a cup. People started to confuse that. I feel like it's the best vessel for it. For me, it's pink lemonade. Oh, jealous. That would have been a good yeah, choice. Yeah, a strawberry bomb. Nothing really else. Maybe a beer here and there. One of you is quite known for your hazelnut ice creams. This guy also loves hazelnut yeah, ice I like the fact you, that you love it. If you could create any combination that involved hazelnut, what would it be? Ferrero Rocher. So it's already been done? It hasn't been done. Hazelnut Ferrero Rocher is... Because people think that they're the same thing because Ferrero Rocher is purely hazelnut. But it's different. When you combine the two, you get, you get something new. And it's un- like hazelnut squared. Yeah, it's exactly. Hazelnut. Yeah, and you don't oh, know that until you've been there. Yeah. 
Let's finish up by talking about this new album that Nick was mentioning at that time that's coming up next. Al, what stage are you up to recording the new album or writing the new album, more importantly, being on the road at the moment? Um, We haven't even built the rocket yet and we haven't even built the space station for the rocket to take off. Or we're actually just starting to build the space station. So that'll be done pretty soon. And then we'll be looking at making the rocket itself and the mission will begin. But we're not far off. It all comes together quite quickly if we're all in the same place. Yeah, you just got to spice it. That's hard these days, being in the same place, in the I same room. A, I have a feeling, you know, you'll just get... You can even be illegal, depending on the uh, well, COVID right. cases. You guys have a pretty huge audience lining up getting ready to see you. Ooh. That's not our audience, I don't think. No, it is your audience. They're waiting to see you. Yeah, wow, hey. Same, I tell you. And I believe you guys decided on doing a double show in Adelaide as well. I was told just as I was coming in. Yeah. We should probably get in less stinky clothes very soon. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Thank you very much for joining us, Shag Rock. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much for having us. Thank you very much. Members of Brisbane band Shag Rock. Their latest is a double album called Double Overhead. The tune Sun Bleached Girl with over 22 million plays just on Spotify can be found on their album Barefoot. Online, they're at shagrockmusic.com with Taylor Young's latest solo single, Heavenly. Next time... Where's our revenge fantasy? Where, where is our kind of picking up the knife and going out? So I really wanted to write some songs from that perspective. And there's one song in particular, Cut It Loose, which is the narrator of the song is telling the listener, like... You're never going to be acceptable. You're never going to please them no matter what you do. This feeling that you have is never going to go away. So why not burn the town down? Why not wage a war against the straight community and against all of the forces? Stop trying to please them. Yi Lin speaks ahead of the launch of the Foul Water release. Thanks to Shagrock for being our feature guests this time round. RadioNotesPodcast.com for show notes and links. Web design there by Steve Davis. Theme music by Martin Kennedy and All India Radio. I'm Tammy Weller. John Murch is the producer and host based in Adelaide, South Australia. 